This episode is sponsored by Robin. If you're still using dictation or scribe services to do your clinical documentation, it's time for you to meet Robin. Robin develops all the notes and codes for your patient visits behind the scenes so you can truly focus on patient care. Robin's documentation is also more complete thanks to its one-of-a-kind smart assistant device. With Robin, you even get protection for your whole practice, including medical liability defense and audit support. Robin is the only documentation solution tailored for orthopedic surgeons. It's also the most affordable. Visit robin.co slash orthobullets to learn more. That's robin.co slash orthobullets. This episode of the Orthobullets podcast will go over the topic of chondroblastoma from the pathology section on orthobullets.com. Let's start this episode with a quick summary. Chondroblastomas are rare benign chondrogenic lesions that are most commonly found in the epiphysis of the proximal tibia and distal femur. Patients typically present between the ages of 10 and 20 years with regional pain. Diagnosis is made with biopsy showing chondroblast arranged in a quote cobblestone or quote chicken wire pattern with focal areas of chondroid matrix. Treatment is usually extended intralesional curatage and bone grafting. Now let's get into the episode. As far as the epidemiology, the male-to-female ratio is 2 to 1, and 80% of the patients with chondroblastoma are under 25 years of age. As far as body location, chondroblastoma is an epiphyseal lesion in young patients, usually around 12 years of age. Common locations include the distal femur and proximal tibia, and these locations are way more common than the proximal humerus, proximal femur, calcaneus, flat bones, and apophysis or triradiate cartilage of the pelvis. Typically, chondroblastomas are epiphyseal, but may occasionally cross the physis. As far as the pathophysiology of chondroblastoma, it is thought to arise from the cartilaginous epiphyseal plate. It is characterized as a cartilage tumor due to its areas of chondroid matrix, but type 2 collagen is not expressed by the tumor cells. As far as the genetics, patients with chondroblastoma may have genetic abnormalities on chromosome 5 and chromosome 8. As far as associated conditions, Less than 1% of patients with chondroblastoma develop benign pulmonary metastasis, which is similar to giant cell tumor. Moving on to the presentation of chondroblastoma, patients typically have symptoms of progressive pain at the tumor site, and they may also exhibit limping. On physical exam, inspection may reveal muscle atrophy, as well as tenderness over the affected bone. As far as motion, these patients will typically have decreased range of motion. Moving on to imaging, recommended views on radiographs include an AP, lateral, and oblique of the involved area. Findings include a well-circumscribed epiphysiolytic lesion with a thin rim of sclerotic bone that is sharply demarcated from the normal medullary cavity. Lesions often cross the physis into the metaphysis. Stippled calcifications within the lesion may or may not be present, and is typically seen in 25 to 45% of patients. Cortical expansion may be present, and soft tissue expansion is rare. Chest radiographs should be obtained to evaluate for possible metastatic lesions. The differential with radiographs include giant cell tumor, osteomyelitis, and clear cell chondrosarcoma. A CT is not required but can define the bony extent of the lesion. An MRI will show extensive edema surrounding the lesion. Findings on histology include chondroblasts arranged in the quote cobblestone or quote chicken wire pattern that may be present. You may also see scattered multinucleated giant cells with focal areas of chondroid matrix. 
Keep in mind that occasional multinucleated giant cells may be present. Mononuclear stromal cells are distinct, and S100 positive cells with large central nuclei can be seen. Nuclei have longitudinal grooves resembling coffee beans. Keep in mind that one-third of chondroblastomas have areas of secondary aneurysmal bone cysts. Other diagnoses on the differential for chondroblastoma include giant cell tumor, aneurysmal bone cysts, osteoblastoma, and chondromyxoid fibroma. Keep in mind that both chondroblastoma and giant cell tumor are epiphyseal lesions, they are benign lesions that may metastasize to the lung, and the treatment for both is curatage and bone grafting, assuming that there is no impending fracture. Aneurysmal bone cysts, osteoblastoma, and chondromyxoid fibroma are not epiphyseal lesions, and they do not metastasize to the lung. However, the treatment is also curatage and bone grafting for these diagnoses. Moving on to the treatment of chondroblastoma, this is typically always operative, and options include an extended intralesional curatage and bone grafting or surgical resection. Extended intralesional curatage and bone grafting is the standard of treatment in symptomatic individuals. As far as the technique, you may do local adjuvant treatment with phenol or cryotherapy to decrease local recurrence. Surgical resection is indicated when there's pulmonary metastasis. Finally, in terms of the prognosis of chondroblastoma, know that local recurrence rate is 10 to 15% after treatment. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic might be tested. First question. A 14-year-old patient presents to your clinic with three months of right knee pain. Initially, it was only while playing soccer, but now is painful when he walks. An x-ray obtained in the office shows an epiphysiolytic lesion with a thin sclerotic border. A biopsy slide of the lesion shows a, quote, cobblestone histologic appearance. Which answer choice would be the best treatment for this patient? And the choices are one, wide resection and reconstruction, two, observation, three, chemotherapy alone, four, curatage and bone grafting, and five, radiation therapy. The correct answer to this question is for curatage and bone grafting. So chondroblastoma is a benign tumor of the epiphysis that is typically treated with curatage and packing alone. Chondroblastoma is a benign chondrogenic lesion that typically presents in patients around the age of 12 as insidious pain around the knee. Imaging demonstrates a well-circumscribed epiphysiolytic lesion with a thin sclerotic rim of bone. Histology classically demonstrates, quote, chicken wire or, quote, cobblestone patterns of chondroblasts with areas of chondroid matrix. These can be treated often with intralesional curatage and packing, and if the lesion is small enough, radiofrequency ablation. There is a very low rate, specifically less than 1%, of pulmonary metastasis with these lesions. Ryback et al. retrospectively reviewed 14 patients with chondroblastomas that were treated with radiofrequency ablation. All patients had immediate improvement in their symptoms, with 12 having a complete resolution of their symptoms. The patient with the largest lesion did require later surgery and residual tumor cells were identified. They conclude that radiofrequency ablation is a viable option for small lesions, although they do not specify a maximum size. Chen and DeFrancesco review chondroblastomas. They discuss clinical features to include diagnosis at an average age of 19 to 23 years and having a male predominance. Radiologic features noted include well demarcation, eccentric location, and lytic nature. Pathology will show sheet-like proliferation of small and intermediate-sized polygonal cells, with a variable number of giant cells. 
Primary treatment is surgical with curatage with or without bone grafting and on-block resection. They cite a recurrence rate of 14 to 18% at an interval of six months to eight years. Moving on to the next question. A 14-year-old male presents with long-standing knee pain. Which of the following benign bone lesions may require a chest radiograph as part of the initial screening? And the choices are 1, chondroblastoma, 2, enchondroma, 3, non-ossifying fibroma, 4, osteochondroma, and 5, unicameral bone cyst. The correct answer to this question is 1, chondroblastoma. So if you have good situational awareness and know that we're going over questions about chondroblastoma, you should have gotten this question correct. But to quickly review, chondroblastomas are benign chondroid tumors of the epiphysis of long bones with the potential to metastasize to the lungs. Initial management should include a chest radiograph. Chondroblastoma, once again, is a benign tumor of cartilaginous derivation seen most often in the second decade of life with a male predominance. The lesion is usually centered on the epiphyseal region at the end of long tubular bones. Proximal humerus, proximal tibia, and distal femur are the most commonly involved locations. Local pain is frequently the presenting symptom. The tumor commonly spreads to the chest first, so a chest radiograph would be the next best step in treatment. Binesh et al. wrote a case study on a patient who had a fatal case of pure metaphyseal chondroblastoma. The patient was 9 years old with pulmonary metastases soon after operative therapy of the primary tumor. They conclude that this was a rare case as chondroblastoma represents less than 1% of all bone tumors and is located at the level of the epiphysis of long bones. Shu et al. performed a retrospective multicenter study of 199 patients that were treated for extremity chondroblastoma in order to determine epidemiological characteristics. They reported the proximal tibia was the most commonly involved site, followed by the proximal femur, and then the distal femur. Approximately 95% of patients were treated with curatage and 5% with on-block resection, while the involvement of the proximal humerus being the only significant risk factor for local recurrence. The authors concluded that treatment with curatage and bone grafting provides favorable local control. Dematos et al. reviewed the epidemiology, etiology, diagnosis, and treatment of chondroblastomas and chondromyxoid fibroma. They cited literature stating that metastasis occurred in less than 1% of affected patients, with the lung being the most common location of metastasis. Several studies have postulated that P53 mutation is associated with metastatic behavior of the primary tumor, with most patients having a several-year survival with metastatic lesions. They concluded that surgical treatment is challenging due to the proximity to the physis and metastatic lesions having a good prognosis if they are resectable. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 2, enchondroma, is incorrect as enchondromas are benign cartilaginous lesions that are not associated with metastatic behavior, so chest radiographs are not indicated in the workup for these lesions. Answer 3, non-ossifying fibroma is incorrect, as non-ossifying fibromas are eccentric metaphyseal lesions with a soap bubble appearance, which are usually an incidental finding. These lesions have no metastatic behavior and do not require advanced imaging or chest radiographs. Answer 4, osteochondroma is incorrect, as osteochondromas are benign cartilaginous lesions that originate from the zone of Ranvier of the physis and form an exostosis. Less than 1% of these lesions can undergo malignant transformation into chondrosarcoma. Finally, answer 5, unicameral bone cyst is incorrect, as unicameral bone cysts are common periphyseal lesions that usually resolve with skeletal maturity. They are not associated with metastatic behavior and do not require a chest radiograph as part of the initial management. And moving on to the final question. A 26-year-old man has a one-year history of worsening heel pain. 
there is no history of penetrating injuries to the heel. A radiograph shows a lytic lesion in the calcaneus. There is also surrounding sclerosis. An axial CT scan sequence demonstrates the size and extent of lysis of the calcaneus in the anterior-posterior dimension. There are also calcifications on the axial sequences. A T2-weighted MRI sequence shows significant edema noted in the region of the lesion. Finally, histology shows chondroblasts arranged in a cobblestone or chicken wire pattern, and there are scattered multinucleated giant cells with focal areas of chondroid matrix. Management should consist of which of the following? And the choices are 1. Curatage with or without local adjuvants and bone grafting. 2. Injection of corticosteroids. 3. Irrigation, debridement, and antibiotic treatment. 4. Wide resection and 5. Chemotherapy and Wide Resection. The correct answer to this question is 1. Curatage with or without local adjuvants and bone grafting. So with an epiphyseal bone lesion, the radiographic differential would consist of chondroblastoma, Brody's abscess, or giant cell tumor of the bone. Because of the location in the calcaneus, consideration should also be given for an epidermal inclusion cyst if there is a history of penetrating trauma. The biopsy specimens show a very cellular and vascular lesion with mononuclear chondroblasts with grooved nuclei, otherwise known as, quote, coffee bean nuclei. There are also some osteoclast-like giant cells. The surrounding chondroid matrix stains pink and has scant areas of fine mineralization outlining the stromal cells, quote-unquote chicken wire. This is characteristic of a chondroblastoma. The preferred treatment for a chondroblastoma in a non-expandable bone is intralesional curatage with or without local adjuvants, such as phenol, liquid nitrogen, or argon beam coagulation, and bone grafting or cement. Some very aggressive chondroblastomas with soft tissue extension, particularly those in the pelvis, may require on-block resection. That's all for this review about chondroblastoma. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow OrthoBullets on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the OrthoBullets podcast.